Live from the rooftop of the Herman London Real Estate Group in beautiful downtown Maplewood, it's the St. Louis Realtor Podcast with your host, Adam Cruz. Welcome, welcome everybody to the St. Louis Realtor Podcast, live from the rooftop of the Herman London Real Estate Group in beautiful downtown Maplewood, Missouri. I'm your host, Adam Cruz, broker owner for Herman London, here with my fabulous co-host, Shannon St. Pierre, Realtor Extraordinaire. Hello. Hello, and thanks for being here. And we are super excited today because this much-anticipated, always-requested podcast, all about short-term vacation rentals, Airbnb, and we have Mr. Airbnb himself, Alex Zimianic from Jay-Z Vacation Rentals, here today, live in the studio. Well, thank you so much for having me. I love that introduction, too. I don't know about Mr. Airbnb, but I'm glad to be here. Thank you guys so much. Absolutely. We, we really appreciate you coming in today, and we've got a lot of questions. You know, our company does, I guess, what you would probably call long-term rentals, and we deal with a lot of investors and stuff like that, and people are always asking us about Airbnb. Yeah. Consistently asking about Airbnb and management. How do people take, you know, handle that piece of it? So I, we are super excited to talk to you today. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. And it's, it's, it's kind of funny how um, Airbnb has done a phenomenal job at really taking course on the industry because most people will look at it as an Airbnb industry. And it's kind of like Uber really taking uh, you know, a head start over Lyft in the sharing industry. But yeah. um, So it's like a generic name for you know, Kleenex. Yeah, is, it almost, it, it's a almost brand, become it's, it's, a verb, just like yeah. I'm going to Uber home or I'm going to Uber out and just like I'm going to Airbnb my home now yeah. and so so yeah, yeah but uh, a lot of stuff to talk about absolutely tell me just to kind of start off as if people don't know but what is airbnb in general what is like a short-term vacation rental yeah so airbnb is what's known as a channel so a marketing channel so it's it, it's considered in the industry as an ota or an online travel agency okay um Airbnb actually started out as air bed and breakfast. Uh-huh. And so the CEO started out by two blow up mattresses and cooking breakfast for people. And then it became a $35 billion company as it is today. Good so, for them, by the way. Because yeah. that's what We're I think of when I think absolutely. of a bed and breakfast. It's like you go to Herman, Missouri, and the kind of the older couple that, like you say, you got uh-huh. the, the cookie breakfast in the morning and the house is all oh, kind of yeah. creaky and stuff like that. It's taken a new term, though. Yeah, it absolutely has. It started out with uh, the private room sharing, and there's still a little bit of that going on, but the market's really taken a turn to be a lot more of the niche for groups, entire home, the privacy, and so it's absolutely evolved over over the years. But Airbnb, I think where some of the confusion lies with with the industry is that it's really a massive short-term rental industry known as the home sharing industry. Home sharing. Home sharing. So it started out, if we just go back to 2016, it was a $100 billion industry, and then it jumped up to now what is almost $195 billion industry. Just in, so, it, just in, in a short time. Yeah, yeah, three years. Three years. It's, so it's, it's a lot bigger than what a lot of people think. It's in 193 countries. And there are several countries, they don't have hotels. So this is, this is all you can do is a short-term rental stay. And then um, Airbnb in 2008 really just took it for a different turn. And they have really, um, uh, as, you, as you can tell, have excelled in the industry. And they're one of the top websites to list your home on. But uh, the, the, most of the confusion is that they're the only site. So you can do well. 
by listing your home on just Airbnb, but you're definitely sacrificing your income or your revenue by not putting it on 100 plus sites. So it's in, it's basically like turning your house into a hotel, and you're you're saying that the people used to rent out just a room in their house, and oh, you yeah. have like some random person like up in your oh yeah son, like your son goes away to college and you just like rent away rent his room out for the night kind of thing. Yeah, then that still goes on. Yeah, yeah. there's still uh, some of the sto- most of the stories I would say that end up on the bad press are from the private shared room. So. We uh, we try. You can tell that uh, the CEO of Airbnb actually took a different turn going towards Airbnb Plus to really focus more on a higher caliber of a unit, and it has to go through a certain standard. So they realized real quickly they had to rebrand and get away from some of that stigma of just being a private private room stay. Okay, interesting. And you said it's all over the world and. I, when I, I've barely used Airbnb in the United States, but I've like did a, a Europe trip and we stayed in Airbnbs okay. all the time. We would not know where we were going to stay that night, and then we would just pull up Airbnb and go, "Oh, here's a place nearby," and stay there. How yeah. was your experience? It was great. That's good. You know, it really worked. It That's was, good. It was a good experience. So, I mean, we talk about Airbnb as like, but there are hundred plus sites, as you say. Is there one that syndicates to them all, or do you have to go site by site by site by site to list your property if you're going to do short term? Yeah, it's a great question. So when we started, we started out on Airbnb, and then um, we we found out that you can list on multiple sites, and so we went to in uh, in the beginning six years ago, I was listing on Airbnb and then HomeAway and then the Verbo channel. Mm-hmm. Um, the largest channel really in the world is is now owned by Expedia. Of course, they started out in the hotel. That seems industry. natural. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. And so Verbo, Homeway, Expedia, there's about 20 sites that, that are all um, give you one package if you list on the Homeway or Verbo channel. And so what we did is we found a way to connect the calendars. In the very beginning, it was manual. So if That's a guest, what, if a guest were to was. book, then you got to remember to put it on the other calendar. Right. And there was a time on the other sites, you got to take it uh-huh. off and book it. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, if you don't, then you get a double booking, and that is not fun. Yeah. Um, so we learned very quickly there's got to be another way, and so we started looking at um, software companies, and we interviewed what's they're, they're called project management software, property management software, PMS systems, and so we found. Um, Kigo is a software that we use, and what that means is that makes us a channel manager to where we can manage up to 100 websites or channels into one place. So then you have one booking system, one chat system, one calendar. And And your uh, sanity. Yes. Yeah, you get your sanity (laughs) back for sure. So let's back up for a second because you keep saying we. So you are Jay-Z Vacation um, Rentals, right? Yes. Okay, so... Dot com and oh, so Jay Z yeah vacationrentals.com. <laughs> uh, so tell us a little bit about who Jay Z Vacation Rentals is. Yeah, so uh, Jay Z is is really a brand, and um, I lost my dad when I was twenty, and so um, I went through a pretty rough time in my childhood. I thought I could take on the world at eighteen, got in trouble. My dad gave me some tough love, and. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, a lot of good things have happened, but, uh, lost my dad when I was 20. So my dad's name was Kevin Joseph Zimianic. So Jay-Z, my first company was actually KJZ, which was an investment company. And so Jay-Z Properties 
was my uh, developmental company, and I would say just all things construction. So we've we Jay-Z Properties is going on about a decade, and then Jay-Z Vacation Rentals came about about six years ago. My wife moved in with me. We were staying in a four-family unit and um, in the Loop, so right behind the Loop in the Del Mar yeah. area. We got news of my son, who's now uh, just turned five. Congrats. Thank you. Appreciate that. And um, my wife had an extra set of furniture, and we were currently renovating a home in the hill. And we loved the trendy Del Mar Loop, but it didn't really seem right to bring our newborn son home there. And so we picked the hill to take her furniture and our newborn home um, to. And um, then I had an extra set of furniture. I didn't know what to do with it. I, I tried to rent it furnished. And then um, a couple months go by, nobody bid on it. And so I talked to a friend of mine from Miami. He's like, dude, why don't you throw it on Airbnb? I'm like, what is it? Airbnb? What do you mean? And he, I'm like, this is St. Louis. There's no beach here. Like, why would, <laughs> why would people travel here? I get that in Miami. And he's like, dude, I'm getting 250 bucks a night for a one-bedroom loft on Wash Ave back when Wash Ave was a little bit better area than it is now. But um, – I thought, what the heck, let's try it out. My wife and I went to Walmart and went and tried to stock up on everything we possibly could at the store to make it a hotel. We booked within 48 hours and immediately were on a path to double the income of the other units in the building. Wow. So Right. So I do hear that a lot uh, from investors that I work with is they've turned a lot of their rentals into... Airbnbs because they've made more Mm -hmm. doing Airbnb than they do their long-term leases. But then the question always kind of comes up, isn't it twice as much work? I mean, you have turnover. And every time we have a turnover for a lease, because we do property management as well, I mean, there's a whole process. So I can't, you know, you're thinking of trying to do that every other night. It's an overwhelming. And I guess um, that's where Alex is like, hey. I'll do it for you. Well, right. So, um, and that's kind of been that sticking point. Sometimes talking to investors, and I think you and I have talked about this, and I know I've talked to our property manager, and it's been a, um, you know, how do you get past that hurdle of turning this over? Who cleans it? Like, how do you prep it for the next one who might be coming in in a couple hours? So, are we saying, are we saying, Alex, tell us about your services? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, how do you, like, well, to, to take a step back, it started as me. And and so, yeah, I, I know how over overwhelming it was. I was actually mm-hmm. looking for a management company when I hit the three mark. The average the, host the three, across the country, three properties. Three properties. When you hit three properties, that's when it starts to to get real. So you you got to start figuring out laundry and, and all of that whole system. Yeah, you are absolutely running a business. Um, so I think, you know, one, two, three is not as bad. And... Honestly, we educate hosts all the time to do it on their own. Some hosts love to do it. They love to meet guests and make those relationships. And the 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 thing that we had to quickly solve is how do we make it systematic? And without yes. investing a lot of time, without me going head first, then it, it's either you don't do it at all or you have to really put a lot of time to get there. Mm-hmm. And so the software helps. The team helps. <laughs> when I... Yeah. Um, 
Employee number one is now our housekeeping director. Her name is Kim, and she started out cleaning our places, and now she has an entire cleaning team. She has an app that helps with the cleaning team. So everything is very systematic. Ooh, and I do I like not more and more. I do not miss traditional rentals because I've been a landlord longer than I've ran a professional vacation rental industry and there's no evictions. You got great people. People are coming in and out. And here's the best part for hosts and investors is you have a cleaning team in there or a maintenance crew, an inspector in there almost every two to three days. Wow, yeah. So imagine that's the a, That's a super interesting statement. Yeah. Like that was because for us, we live in investment, mm-hmm. you know, worlds of um, buying properties for rentals. That's right. Long-term rentals. Yeah. So to say that it's so much better, this is kind of like a light bulb and just, you know, that mm-hmm. light bulb literally just went off going, oh my gosh. And I, I still <laughs> have a few long-term rentals that I manage for and I won't name them on here, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it is, it is, it's, it's a whole different animal sometimes. And the, 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 the type of people that you're attracting in the short-term rental industry is going to be a lot. The demographic is families, groups, um, it's, it's, I, I said that it, it really wasn't so bad in guest support because people are vacationing, you know, so most of the time they're very happy to deal with and uh-huh. talk to. So, um, the level of tenant and guests that you have is great. So if an investor is managing, or I'm sorry, a host has one or two or three properties, maybe you're saying they're doing it on their own, but then they want to get bigger. They want to go to four or five or six. So enter you and you guys will handle the booking yeah what is your process what do you do yeah so so we do we literally do everything so there's there anything and everything we can do from start to finish we got a pretty we have an amazing team we have over 20 people that support us and um so what i'll give you just a recent case study that we did um one of our hosts she's amazing her name's lauren she was uh she was managing for herself. She was managing her property, and um, she was about to get married to her husband out in Scottsdale, Arizona. And she was literally flying back still as a travel nurse and cleaning her place and still trying to turn it because she loved the income, and she didn't want to just sell the place or give it up. And so she reached out to us originally just to alleviate her time. And then what we, what we learned very quickly, she was doing about 18000 a year, only on Airbnb, we took her property and brought her up to fifty-eight thousand. Is the most recent um, tracking that we looked at in a year's time. Holy cow! Because, so we took her from because 18, you were able to turn it over more often because she was she didn't have to come back to clean well, it and turn it over herself. Yeah. So so the, the one the the first thing that people assume with with property management is so much on the traditional side, and that's what I used to too. So in the traditional side of rental uh, management, there's not as much management task. You know, you get somebody in there. I would say the hardest part is finding somebody, finding good people. It's kind of like interviewing employees. You're interviewing tenants. Mm-hmm. You get a good tenant in there, the leasing, the showing. That's the most difficult part. The maintaining is not that difficult. Um, this is a full-blown business for people. So the the difference is... When you're giving up your traditional rental, you're also sacrificing some income. So most people are just weighing time versus income. In this industry and what we've done is we've created a, we've created a way and a solution 
where we can literally take the keys from Lauren, do every single thing for her, and quadruple her income. So that was too good to be true. So we didn't. We don't even really market it that much. We actually have grown mostly organically and word of mouth. So you say take the keys from her. Does that mean you're you're probably not going to Walmart anymore? But you're like going, <laughs> hey, okay, we're going to get the forks and the. Mm-hmm. The beds and all that kind of stuff. Do you do you actually set up if I gave you an empty apartment and said have Mm -hmm. at it? Yeah. So we have a we have a design team that's ran by my wife. We have uh, products and services soon to be actually on our site where the guest can guest or host or anyone can purchase all of our products and all the vendors that we work with. We had to create a way to have quality control. And simplicity. So, so I noticed you did have brand standards yes. uh, listed on your website. Do you, so what is that? Yeah. So there's two different types of management. There is there's what's known as co-hosting, and that's what you're going to see about ninety percent of the time throughout the country. Co-hosting is um, is more profile management. You can add anybody as a co-host within Airbnb or give them your your credentials to any of the other sites. But there's no real growth for that, and there's no real consistency for that. The reason why um, we almost went that direction, and most managers do go that direction, is because it's easy. <laughs> and what it's, does co-hosting mean? Co-hosting just basically means that if, if I want to add Adam as a co-host to my profile, then you are accepting all the inquiries, the reservations. You're communicating with a guest. You're managing my property, but you're not necessarily marketing it or growing the revenue of the property. Okay. So I'm what, handling the behind-the-scenes stuff. I that's mean, right. the co-host company is handling the behind-the-scenes yeah. stuff. Yeah, co-host basically means you're going to take my time away. Uh-huh. And then um, professional marketing and management, we're way more of the, the branding to go back to that. My wife and I, just a very quick story, we were looking at Marco Island, and we looked at, we were trying to take a family vacation. We looked at 100, 150 properties, and granted, we were about a month or two months away. It was kind of a last-minute decision, but we could not find one property that even felt comfortable to take our young kids to. And we realized very quickly that, wow, this is a gap in the industry. There are not many cities or places where there's branding and consistency the hotels have solved that if you go to four seasons or chase or um the trump in different cities you know what you you're going to get but the difference in the short-term rental industry is that you can provide a level of consistency for guests but you don't have to have uniformity so you could still have like your antler theme in our colorado springs home we have antlers on some of the cabinets and then you have your modern and your city and you have desert and you have all these different themes but every bed has a duvet they all have i always tell the tea kettle story because literally every single thing in our home came from a story a review um, multiple fours out of fives, and we basically just created a 150-point checklist off of listening to our guest. Okay. Of what each rental will have in, as your standards. That's right. Okay. That's right. Because yep. I guess you were getting calls from people that are like, where's the iron? Yeah. Or where's you're getting reviews that, that, that said there's no iron. That's right. We, wanted to, we want a guest to show up and feel like they're at home. 
Uh-huh. And that's really the niche of this industry. If uh, My wife and I travel. I tell people all the time, I still enjoy a hotel. We just went out to a vacation rental conference in, uh, in New Orleans, and they did not have room service at the Hyatt. And I was like, what? This is like your last card, yeah. right, is the room service. I love room service, right? And, um, you know, there's you ways travel to travel in get... style. It sounds like, well, I don't travel. <laughs> Honestly, I don't travel that much. So when I get to, I like to, Sure. <laughs> do you, you, your company, Jay-Z only manages in St. Louis. Is that right? Or it sounds like you maybe have, you own properties in other places. Um, so we, we started in St. Louis. We're based out of St. Louis, but we are now in Colorado Springs. We're also at Kentucky Lake. And then we have, um, one property that we are co-hosting and bringing on in California, okay. and then we have a whole territory that we're looking at in Scottsdale. So you can kind of your company is kind of expanding into other cities through Absolutely. starting as a co-hoster, and then you start building staff there and stuff. I guess. Yeah, what we do is we look for the person. So we look for whether that's somebody with real estate experience or somebody that would be a great manager. They're an on what's known as an on-site manager. So they're the boots on the ground. Uh-huh. Basically, the person that can check on the property, they can run housekeeping. They're mainly doing housekeeping and maintenance and overseeing it. Um, for example, our on-site manager now in Colorado Springs is now the owner of the two properties because she was retired. She's awesome she was looking for something to do her kids are now going to kindergarten and she manages the properties mostly from an app we trained her we certified her and we look for that person that individual and then we build the territory around them and then back here at you know corporate you can do all of the kind of marketing and accounting and that's right booking and all that all that kind of stuff that's really what separates us the most is the marketing so we we don't wait for a channel to, uh, or Airbnb or Verbo or Homeaway to bring in the listing. Jay-Z is now surpassing Homeaway.com. So last month, for example, we brought in seven direct bookings, mean, meaning they saw social media ad, they saw Google ad, they saw YouTube, they saw something, or just a loyal guest coming back. They may have stayed with us in a different city and now they're coming here. Um, whatever the cause, we track all of that. And so we were at seven last month. Now we're at 15 and trajecting 20 to 25 next month. So we're continuing to grow the direct bookings. And it's part of the reason why we're able to provide more revenue. Direct meaning they go direct to your website. Direct to our website. And then you don't have to pay Airbnb or Verbo or whatever. That's right. So once a guest books directly with with a property management company like, like ours that have their own booking engine and own booking system, then they realize it's $100, $200 less, and they'll never go back. The experience is different. It's cheaper, and we even Why give them a Why is it cheaper? Um, Airbnb will charge a service fee. So they're yes. going to be just like um, a Hotels.com that's delivering you to the hotel. Okay. So Airbnb is going to charge the guest and the host yes. a service fee. So people okay. probably, mm-hmm. at least now, maybe they book, with, through, book your properties through Airbnb the first time. Because they don't they don't trust random websites or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Or they just, they, they, they just don't, don't know. They just don't know. And yep. then they have a great experience. And then the next time they're like, "We'll just go right to Jay Z." Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And they um, they're get, uh, uh, millennials are getting really smart. In the very beginning, before we had the brand presence, we had to work really hard to to really put that out there organically. Like uh-huh. I didn't really market at all for the first four or five years. We wanted to 
focus more on just taking care of the guest and providing a good experience than trying to brag about it. So we, we put more emphasis on that. And then eventually we started to market and put more investment into the site and our brand awareness. And now millennials will go on, they'll see Airbnb, they'll see a bunch of listings. And this is really helpful for all of our hosts. And they'll see Jay-Z Vacation Rentals at the end of all the listings. And then they go to Google and they're like, what is Jay-Z Vacation Rentals? They'll pull it up. They'll call into our call center or talk to our guest support. They're like, why is it cheaper? I'm like, oh, well, you can book direct. And so they're starting to do that on their own. That's interesting. Yeah. And people are starting to figure it out as the industry has really, really grown since we started. Okay. So um, I own a property. Actually, I do have a duplex with one unit vacant right now, right? I'm a potential customer. I call into your office. What are you going to tell me how you charge and how does all this kind of – can you kind of do that first phone call that you get yeah, with a, yeah. a host, a potential host that calls in? Absolutely. First, I'd want to ask you where it's at. Um, so is it in Maplewood? What city it's, is it this in? This one's in South City at, okay. uh, near, on Watson. Okay. So if it's in South City, you're in the city. I always tell everybody the first thing is the area and path of least resistance. Maplewood doesn't necessarily um, accept the Airbnb or short-term model. So South City is okay. Okay. Um, How's the area feel? If you're driving from the airport and you're heading to your your duplex, how's it feel? Um, I I think it feels good, I would say. It feels... I was going to say it feels like South City, but <laughs> yeah. I guess there's a lot of different feelings around there. Uh, this one's in Lindenwood Park. Okay. So the only problem with this building is it is right on Watson. Um, but I think it feels good. It, that makes me wonder, are most of the people coming from out of town? Or is it like we, someone's going to go to the Cardinals game and they live in Wildwood and they want to rent one or something? You got all the above. Yeah, so we'll run our reports. We'll export the guest data and we'll look at uh, zip codes. We want to see where the demographics are coming from. I've had, um, I've had a, a couple call me that was in a panic and they looked on Airbnb. They looked on all the sites. It was last minute. They were walking into an inspection on a home that they were supposed to purchase. The contractor dropped the ball. And so they had to back out last minute. Now they have nowhere to stay. And luckily, we had a home that was coming up for a broker that we were uh, about to manage. We didn't have it live yet, but they called in in a frantic. And I answered the call, talked to them, and this a couple of years back. And we were able to put them in a home for 30 days while they're trying to find their next home. Wow. So you get a lot of that. You get. I, I was talking to somebody the other night that said that they just built a home and they stayed in like five different Airbnbs while they were building their home. So it could be it could be what's known as a staycation. Mm-hmm. Um we we still do that. My wife and I need a break every now and then from our five and three year old once once a year. Six. Why? Yeah, I know. Weird, right? <laughs> Strange. <laughs> okay, so so you I'm so how's the area feel and then what's your what's your next step when you're talking to potential hosts? Yeah, so the main things we want to know is your goals. So um, are you looking at um, just what – so you said you have a vacant unit. Is that one of the two of the duplexes? Uh-huh. Tell me about that unit. Is it how many bedrooms? Two bed, one bath. Okay. The living room, little like porch on the back. It's on the first floor. There's probably five steps going up to it, and it's in good condition. Okay. Um, but it's empty. You know, we, there's no beds. There's no forks. There's no, nothing like that. What's uh, which is okay? Do you um, were you renting it traditionally before? Uh-huh. Why is it vacant now? Uh, the tenant just moved out. Okay. We just did a little bit of updating to it, 
and we're marketing it right now. Um, I'm, we actually have someone that's applied for it, but for the purpose of the conversation, you know, I could still turn, I could still turn it down. <laughs> what do you What do you typically get for traditional rent there? Seven fifty. Seven fifty. Okay. So on a two bedroom in that area, so we have a system that it, normally, if this was a real uh, real call, I would pull it out. So we we leverage software known as AirDNA, and we also have our own software and six years of analytics. So what we could do is project out what you can make. Typically, on a two bedroom, you're going to be, I would say, about double what you're getting on the traditional style. The way that I've been able to break it down just easily without like throwing a bunch of analytics, which we can do in a spreadsheet, um, a two-bedroom, three-bedroom, four-bedroom, they're all going to be kind of on a multiplier. So two-bedroom, you're typically going to double what your traditional rental would do. Three-bedroom, three times. Four-bedroom, four times. Three and up is really the golden nugget. Doesn't mean you can't do well with a two-bedroom. Um, you'll still beat what you're doing traditionally, and especially in South City. You say that I'll beat it, and you're saying double. Is that my take-home will be double? I mean, that's after I pay all the expenses and the cleaning fees and pay you guys and all that stuff? Or Yeah, so what we would do is we would project it out for you, and we can tell you exactly. We give you a couple options. So we'll, we'll tell you exactly what you're going to make if you wanted to do a fixed rent model. We have two different pricing structures. One, some investors, this has become a lot more common now. We have a lot of um, investors, or it could just be your average homeowner, that they just want to know exactly what they're going to make and don't want to take the risk of the ups and downs and occupancy. And mm-hmm. so what we've done, because we have six years of data and analytics, we can literally project out a fixed rent and we have a, a lease that we provide. And the beauty of that is that lenders now are actually underwriting it as a long-term rental because uh-huh. it's so, a 12-month lease. You're our tenant, clever, essentially. So what Correct. you're doing is you're saying an actual lease with, say, in this scenario, you would sign a lease with Adam to lease that apartment yeah. for the next year. That's and then, then you would just walk in and be like, I'm not going to actually rent this. I'm subleasing, though. In, in essence of that lease, now it's subleasing, though, right? That's correct. So it's all drawn up that way. You and I have that agreement. You know exactly what you're going to make on every month. We even put an occupancy calculator to it. So, uh, for example, January, February is typically 30% occupied. It can go up to 70s, 80 90% in July. So we have that fluctuation built in. So let's say 1500 was the number I mm-hmm. would need to look and research. But let's just say for this scenario, $1,500 is the number. You put $1,500 over the 12 months, that will, that's what we'd be writing a lease for mm-hmm. you. Uh, where do I sign? <laughs> right here, right here. I brought no, the lease you in just bring in case. the lease to him. He signs the lease. <laughs> oh, okay, and okay. Then I just was get... so excited by the double my rent number. I just lost <laughs> the and here's the, Let's say you're a little so bit more of a... So how often do you do that? How many, do you, how many leases do you have in well, your name? We've... Um, as as we've really had a lot of collaborations with a lot of realtors, and mm-hmm. I was more collaborating with the realtors before and, and brokers because I was selling homes. We've been rehabbing, building, and remodeling for over a decade. And then now it's more, we, we slowed that down, but we still have properties. We're down to one. We have one commercial building in Central West End right now, but we had eight that we owned, gutted, fully renovated, fully furnished, already successful. And so we had investors start to come to us and ask if they can just buy it as a turnkey and that's really what got us into that model because we could we could make it so simple and say one here's the price 
Two, here's exactly what your ROI is. Here's your cap rate. We're going to cover the maintenance since we did all the work. We're going to cover the damage up to $750. And an investor, they love it. I mean, it's, it was almost too good to be true. So again, we had to just let that organically kind of happen and grow. And now we're, we've sold almost all eight. And so that's where the fix wow. came about for, for, for some of the more savvy investors or people that are a little bit more introduced to this industry. Then we do a profit share. So we charge 25% on the rent. In the co-hosting model, it's anywhere from 10% of the rental revenue of the unit to 20% traditionally in the industry. Um, in the professional management model where you're putting someone, you're paying for a software, you're paying the credit card swipes, there's a lot more overhead built in. It's anywhere from 25% to 50% throughout the industry. So in Miami, some, some of the management companies are charging 50% of what the profit comes in. The host and investors don't care because it could be 50% of 300 grand. I mean, it could be something very large. So what we did is fall on the on the on the lower end of that scale wanted wanted to be competitive. And so if you go back to the example with Lauren, we took her from 18,000 up to 58,000. That's crazy. And we take a quarter of the quadrupled revenue, right? So it's still all day long it's worth it for an investor. And we've now even put it to where we will guarantee that we can replace our fee or we're free. So um, we could take, if you had that Airbnb, let's say you were already doing it on your own, we would analyze the data that you're doing. And if we can't replace our revenue uptick, then we're free. Love that. But then that can't mean that you're taking on every property. We can't take on every property. That's correct. It has to have your standards in order for you to, yeah, (laughs) in order for you to be able to provide that kind of guarantee. Yep. Okay. And that's, that's, um, and and that was, that's been a big challenge, honestly, because um, it almost came off like too arrogant in the very beginning. We had to like quickly revisit, like, hold on, these aren't our standards. These are guests. And we like changed the name from brand standard list to guest standards and, um, because it almost comes off too arrogant. Like these aren't the, like I didn't pick a tea kettle. I actually got three fours because I didn't know that that would be something we would get a bad review on. And yeah, so, but, oh, you know, funny. I mean, yes. it's, so that's, and then right now there's a whole thing about the triple sheet method, even the chase hotel and all real nice hotels that I would, I love staying at. They do what's called the triple sheet. You have sheet insert sheet. It's 60 more seconds to put a duvet on there, but they want to cut that 60 seconds. Across the, the entire Airbnb or home sharing oh. industry, everybody, I've, I cannot tell you how many times I've heard this at a conference. It's called the smell test. And literally, if you see a massive comfort, comforter, and I'm not saying everybody, every host does this, but more than, than not, right, we'll just do the smell test because you can't wash those things. So we are like, we're not going in that direction. We're going to do a duvet, four nice pillows, nice sheets, and an insert every time. So then every piece that you touch in that bed is clean. And you'd be shocked how often that does not happen. Yeah. So, okay, so now you have, so some of the methods, if someone calls in, Mm -hmm. their options are you can you would actually just lease the place. That's one option. Mm-hmm. Then there's um, a standard rate. What is your standard rate if you Airbnb it just without 
Is there just a standard? We, we can do, we have customizable packages. We okay. didn't used to in the beginning because we had to really like put a, we kind of had to have it very universal as I was growing my team, getting the corporate office. But now we have, we have a warehouse, we have a supply room, we have uh, business Wayfair, Amazon. We have all these affiliates and vendors. We traveled all the conferences so we can work directly with these vendors. We can chop down the prices. So Literally, we'll furnish. We just fur, we furnished a five bedroom, five bathroom, former bed and breakfast in two weeks. It cost the host about twenty five thousand ish, I believe, was the the invoice. But that was to put everything in there, every single thing that a guest would need. That whole list, all the furnishing, TVs, home automation, and this this host is making up to six seven thousand dollars a month on this place that's in Soulard. So. He'll be in the six figures very quickly, so it was definitely worth the investment. Right, man. when you break it down like that, yeah. Yeah. Right. I've kind of been speechless over here for a few minutes. I'm like, man, what? I need to start doing this. <laughs> yeah, Adam's wheels are turning over there. Hey, let's, so. let's go, guys. Let's go. So, Where are we um, starting? Yeah. <laughs> and then, so is profit sharing different than your... Um, fee or is that like basically what you call is this profit sharing because you're going to help them grow yeah so the so the 25 percent basically covers honestly we net about five percent on that Mm -hmm. maybe in some scenarios ten percent but you take care of the cleaners everything everything yeah so the the guest the guest to look at some of the expenses the guest actually pay the cleaning fee right so we take the cleaning fee and then we hand it to the cleaners Mm -hmm. um the guests pay the taxes so we take the taxes we remit it to all the cities which is which can be an expensive thing in itself if you're not on airbnb if you're on other channels they don't collect the taxes so most hosts are just aren't aware that they're supposed Mm. to remit it or pay an accountant to do it but we do all of that Hmm. so yeah we we every single part of the process so what we're doing is we're paying the host their rent revenue and they're getting 75 percent of the rent revenue we're taking 25 percent of the rent revenue and then but we they're very hands off. They're not even. Completely. They're not even answering the phone. No, they don't. When the do, guest has a question, they, the only thing they do is get a newsletter, a check. Um, Lauren, I actually haven't heard from her in like six months. And when I just told a case study, she's amazing. I'd love to talk to her more, but she she's cool with just mailbox money. Yeah. And then we have some hosts that <laughs> I like that mailbox money. Some some hosts <laughs> that will call us weekly. I want mailbox money. Hey. I got you. I got you. <laughs> well, let me find a place first. <laughs> I can help you do that too. Nice. What's the deal about this? Um, you mentioned the taxes. Mm-hmm. Is there something going on with the city trying to change their rules? Do you want to get into that at all? The oh whole yeah, commercial that's, thing. That's been a lot more of my. Where role are we recently. with the city? And you know, especially with this last round of tax, uh-huh. um, you know, property taxes. Yeah. So um, I currently lead two nonprofits. There's Jay Z Gives Back, which is our internal nonprofit, which is kind of centered around education, teaching um, anything and everything is a passion of mine. Then also STL, STR.org, which is really, it's about 500 hosts here in St. Louis that are part of our Facebook group. We'll do monthly events and we'll really, really get together to try to solve self regulation. And what's what I've learned from a lot of just amazing lobbyists or uh, managers or city officials in other cities, what I've been doing is trying to take a lot of their ideas and implement them here in St. Louis. So I've met with the aldermen. For the last couple of years, I've been at the city hall more times than I can count. I was just there um, speaking with Michael Dolphin, the head assessor, that what, it, what happened recently is they reassessed they sent out 235 letters to reassess 
property taxes from residential to commercial. So that means that they took them up from, I believe it is 19% to 32%, mm-hmm. which is a massive increase for these owners. Some of these owners are, the reason why I got so passionate about that nonprofit, some of these owners are disabled veterans and they're literally living off of this money. And so for us to go after and double and triple their taxes like they're running a hotel, they're not, it's not a hotel. It's, it's completely different. It's still a home. It's still a residential space. So what we've done, when every time I meet with the alderman, we really try to talk a lot about statistics. And we have, we have a meeting right now. I have a GoFundMe set up because we're, we're hiring a lobbyist and we're hiring a former judge that I've met with multiple times, and they're going to help set up a meeting at one of our vacation rentals. So I'm going to meet with all the aldermen at once to try to, again, just one goal, to accomplish one goal, which is for the city to work with our association that I lead and amongst a lot of just great diversity of hosts. They're not all managers, professionals, or just a diverse group of good people. And um, our whole goal is just to solve that problem of ongoing legislation because right now it's taxes, and they made a ton of mistakes. There's 190 of those properties were Airbnb, and then there's like 40-something that were not. And so the reason I got in the door of the city halls, I made a quick video, put it at the city hall, used some of our marketing techniques, and I professionally called out Michael Dauphin and showing him all the mistakes. I'm like, look, I can hit one button and tell you everything you want to know because we pay for it. So we know all the analytics. I can tell you where every property is, the taxes, all kinds of stuff. And they spent three months trying to figure out these 235 homes. Right. So they actually just went to the short-term rental sites like Airbnb mm-hmm. and just tried to, they looked at, tried to zone in on the address. Oh, yeah. And just yeah. that, and to me, I feel like that was extraordinary um, discrimination it because is. if you do it to one, you need to do it all to all. But yep. so now Airbnb or other individuals are like, I'm not putting a picture of the front of my house. Yeah. Yeah. On well, plus these. now I'm paying a tax for the whole year on my house. Yeah. Right? Did, so some of the did they appeal them? Did any of them uh, appeal? And were any successful? Yes. One um, of my neighbors is an Airbnb guy, and he's like he was very lost, and I was just like it just seemed very yeah. Str dot org. Well, here's right. a, here's a couple things. So well, he was trying to hire an attorney, and the attorney was like, "What are you going to do?" Well, we have attorneys, so if any, well, it's it, it is past the deadline, I believe, on the appeals. But we did there for were this fi- year, yes, for this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. There, so there are fifty appeals, and anybody that needs help with this, they can absolutely reach out to us. I on on YouTube, on Jay Z Gives Back, our YouTube channel. I have a whole playlist just for STL, SDR, and it's got my recorded conversations with the Board of Equalization when we were doing the appeals. I wanted people to know. They they put me first. Michael's like, let's get this guy out of the way. So it was the very first appeal scheduled, um, and I recorded it, and then I immediately posted it for all the other hosts so they could come prepared. And um, they unfortunately did not overturn it. The Board of Equalization did not overturn the appeal. So what happens now is multiple lawsuits. Um, did you appeal I'm, to the state? That's, that's the next step mm-hmm. is the state appeal. So, yes, we okay. did appeal. Um, the unfortunate side is that there's, there's 190 and there's only 50 that appealed. So, dude, that's what my goal is, is really to continue to rally 
hosts or investors or homeowners um, to stand up for yeah, power what they in believe. the numbers. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're really, our whole goal is just to empower the city with education because I've done it in other cities, I've been a part of it in Kelowna West. Um, I've been asked to speak at other legislation events, and um, it's really it's really been exciting to watch the difference. And what happens is it always starts out how it is here in Maplewood, where you're against the short-term rental concept and only wanting private shared rooms, and then they eventually accept the short-term rental concept, but then have like all these little things to solve. So what we tell the city is like, it's you were proposing a bill two months ago. Now it's taxes. There's going to be 10 more other things to discuss. Let us help. We, we have all the resources to help. So we could be having a meeting quarterly, maybe, as an association with the city. And then we could be solving these things before it becomes a problem. We could save them tax dollars in three months. It takes me three minutes to run what it took them three months and a lot of driving around and peaking and wind. I, I don't know what happened, but yeah. mm-hmm. I just heard a I little bit from wrong. the assessor and mm-hmm. it, it's not right, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of privacy invasion to have to go through that. So, Yeah. So I like that. So STL, STR is, I guess, St. Louis shorttermrental.com. You yeah, got it. Just a- yep. And then we have uh, jayzgivesback.org and I have a whole page on there that talks about the events and kind of keeps up with any press uh, releases or anything that we do. Good. Well, I really hope that you um, can kind of get through to the city and they find another avenue. I hope so, too. I, That's I, fair. I, I, I mean, think- I understand that they, they want their mo- some money, too, and cut in all this, and I don't disagree with that. But I think that there is a right way and a wrong way to approach it. I agree. And if you look at just some of the numbers, taxation alone, um, in Missouri in 2016, this, this industry brought in $9 million in taxes for, for um, lodging tax, sales tax, tourism tax. And then it went up to last year at $48 million. What? So from $9 from million in Missouri? In Missouri to $48 million, right? So think about this. There's 1,835 properties I looked this morning because I'm constantly trying to tr- keep up on AirDNA. And um, there was 1,900, so some people already fell off because of this, this, this uh, announcement. But it, for, there's 1,835 uh, properties right now. So if they just get rid of a, a certain amount of those hosts, think about the massive amount of tax dollars that are being lost. So that's what's happening in a lot of cities. And we're, so we're not the first ones to do this. I mean, this has been going on for many years. And so all I'm trying to offer the city is let me empower your decisions a little bit better by educating you before you make them. Right. And, and they, I mean, this is true across any of these newer um, industries that are popping mm-hmm. up, like an Uber and the Lyft. They've had to battle against the, the cab driver yeah, is there like a hotel political action committee yeah. or something? Mm-hmm. Oh, there's definitely hotel mm-hmm. lobbyists. And uh, what's 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 funny, and I, and this may be a rumor, may be true, I don't know. But when there was the last proposed bill um, at the city hall, and that was, there was a whole agenda of, of things that they were trying to regulate. And we all were there and, and uh, representing the industry. But from what I was told, that was Expedia lobbyists backing that, which is kind of interesting because Expedia now owns the whole Homeway, Verbo, and one of the largest vacation rental sectors in the world. So I don't know if that was to play off the hotel backing or what, but 
most definitely there's always going to be the cab company lobbyists when Uber came here yeah. and mm-hmm. hotel lobbyists sure. now with the short-term rentals. Well, we only have a couple more minutes, but one I want to ask one question that I yeah. get, and I know it's not like exactly in line with our conversation here, but one of the things that I've heard people say is, but won't they steal my stuff? <laughs> <laughs> they won't steal your stuff if you don't leave it out. No. Um, like my forks. Oh, if, how they, do if I you're know? renting out your personal home or if you're just stocking a house with stuff yeah, from Target and Walmart? How do like, I make sure they don't take like one of my five forks? Okay, so, well, one, we can brand those forks so they can take them. You know, kind of like the Trump slippers, you can take them home and it's got Trump on it. But we, we, do, um, we do a damage waiver. So we charge every guest $25, $35, $50, and we actually back the host up to $750. We're very unique. Not many um, companies do that. They lean on Airbnb or HomeAway, and there's a big, big gap in that deposit system. So if you have a $500 deposit, for example, then Airbnb will ask you to confront the guest first. And if you can't resolve it with the guest that broke something, stained something, or did something in your place, then they'll step in and give you your deposit or whatever. So what that basically means is go get a bad review. So we had to solve that and um, do a damage waiver. Now, people are People are great. Most people do not steal your stuff. Now, yes, you have kids or you have things that happen, and people will call us and they'll say they broke a bowl. And what that told us is we needed Corel that don't break. You know, like, thank you for calling us and being honest. Like, don't even worry about it. We got you. And then you have, yeah, I've had some, like, on one hand that have been bad, and we got a couple um, bachelor party or bachelorette parties that slipped through because they said wedding and, you know, what. So we do to, not allow bachelorette. Bachelor. We do not. We do not. We bachelor parties only, not bachelorette. Yeah, yeah. Bachelor, <laughs> it's it's the bachelorette. Uh-huh. That's where um, I came in. A, a very quick, funny story. Um, yeah. I, I'm walking into the corporate office. I look in my sales leader. Uh, his name's Carson. I look in his office and I see this massive blow up doll sitting in his office, <laughs> and I just started dying. <laughs> And that was uh, the humor of my housekeeping director who found it after a bachelorette party. And she thought it'd be great because the guest support leader did not catch the bachelorette keywords or whatever. So she decided to throw blow-up dolls all throughout his office. I thought that was hilarious. You know, we had an Airbnb on my street where I live now. And um, I don't... Uh, we they have bachelorette parties all the time. I think they're hysterical. I love them. Yeah. Uh, and I can't say I've ever been interrupted late night or anything um, other than, you, you know, but they're always so funny. They're out there gaggling and they have their little sashes on. And I don't know, they're like, I think it's just but so funny. But they're spilling funny. their wine. That's the problem. Yeah. They're spilling their wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah yep. sure. Got to keep that I red wine so off the carpet and you're so you good. So you guys do kind of like just a little inventory after every... We do. We have a whole other level of, of protection, too. Like, we have Noise Aware. It's a great product. I know the owner really well. He runs a nonprofit, Rent Responsibly. And um, Noise Aware is, is called, like, the smoke detector for noise. And you go on our YouTube, you'll see, like, two-minute clips of us introducing that. But it's nice because, let's say it oh, is a bachelor. Is this an actual alarm? This is. so. This like a is, smoke alarm? It won't go off as an alarm, but what it does do is track privacy noise. So you can set the decibel range in a home. And let's I say would just set that off by myself, though. Let's say she, <laughs> she she has a bachelorette party going on, and she didn't tell us. And so then you're the host. It would actually alert you and her as the guest. So it's self-regulating, and it says, "Hey." 
you're okay. like, you know, how do I, how does it notify me? It will alert you by text or oh, email, text. whatever okay. you signed up for originally. We can personalize the message. We can make it funny. We can do whatever we want. But the average time that it's resolved is 15 minutes. And people are starting to under, starting to see it oh in the gosh, homes. That's an and awesome they know product. that we so so Soulard property, so Mardi funny. Gras is coming up. We immediately, like, we mm. just finished these two gorgeous mm-hmm. homes. We're like, get noise aware out there, get cameras on the front and the back. So I'm like nervous and anxious all night because it would be alerting me. And I'm like, oh no, check the cameras and wouldn't see a party. I'm like, okay, we're good. So it's, there's ways to monitor the property to make sure that people aren't just going gangbusters like you hear in some of the horror stories. So you have cameras, but on the outside. You on the outside, yeah. So, yeah, you okay. definitely can't have them on the inside. Okay. We rented a, condo down at the lake for a bachelor party and i mean we're we're old now so it was like we're sleeping by (laughs) nine o'clock you know but the 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 homeowner i guess directly texted the person from my group that had rented it because we had the air conditioning too low and she wasn't happy about that okay i'm like you're gonna complain about a couple degrees like like you said earlier like there's a bad review for you yeah you know? yeah don't tell us what com- or temperature we're comfortable at <laughs> right, you know right, right. you got to pick your battles yeah you know if you're like if you're like 55 <laughs> degrees or something maybe that's a little excessive or 95 degrees but no yeah that's probably not something you need to confront I, I just thought it was interesting that she was tracking it and I'm I was thinking so this just cost you like Maybe ten extra dollars or something like that. I don't <laughs> right. know. For if Probably we kept it super cold. Probably not even that. Yeah. Cold, Probably not even that yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? This has been one of the most interesting, but definitely longest podcasts we've had. Okay. But I love it. Oh, well, I, and I'm I am going to run out of here and look up Noise Aware. Is that what it is? Yeah. Well, go to Jay Z Gives Back YouTube. So okay. on my YouTube and uh, the sites that we have is jayzvacationrentals.com is basically. That's our platform and booking engine. We like to provide education, so that's really what Jay-Z Gives Back is. Okay. So you'll see that on YouTube. We make a ton of Airbnb hosting tip videos. We I interview and all I can, of these I can owners. get to that YouTube channel th- from jayzvacationrentals.com, right? Because yeah. I was on there, and I went, I saw the nonprofit, but I'm assuming I can click, find easily all yeah. the other links. Yeah, that you I absolutely need. can. You type If you click on in the YouTube icon, it's going to take you okay. in. So we have a Jay-Z Vacation Rentals YouTube and also a Jay-Z Gives back youtube so okay and are they but they're separate videos separate videos jay-z vacation rental videos is more like homes and uh tours and tours and, of yeah the home. kind of cool okay. homes we even have a home that we built on there that my wife and i and our family are in the video and we've we've done some uh reis so we'll put some of that stuff on there too cool. and so yeah okay but, do you want people to call or would you rather they just went to jay-z vacation rentals.com uh, they're welcome to call in. Um, either way, we have info at jayzvacationrolls.com. They can also call in. Uh, the number? Our number's on the site, which is 314-449-6565. And our, any of our team is happy to help. And I have on the site, I actually have a calendar embedded. I'll meet with anyone, give anyone an hour of my time, just to young entrepreneurs, young realtors, young real estate, aid, whatever, whoever it is. And sometimes it's outside of this industry for motivation. I've been through a lot of crap, so I'm always willing to give it back. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for giving us an hour of your time today. And yeah, all the yeah, Thanks so much for this having me. Awesome. This, yeah, this was fun. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks, for everybody, for listening, and take care. Bye.